This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to Short Shifts. I'm your host, Ben Burnett. Joining me, as always, my pal and yours, Louis Ezekiel. Louis, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. You know, looking down the fantasy schedule, thinking about how few weeks we really have left and how it's all going to be over before we know it. So I'm trying to live in the moment here and enjoy every night of fantasy hockey as it goes by. How do you enjoy fantasy hockey? I thought that it was just something we labored through and uh, just stressed about for four months. What is this enjoyment that you're that you're describing? Well, you know, distracting you from your real life, everyday toils and tribulations and focus instead on the made up and imaginary trials and tribulations of uh, being a fantasy hockey manager. Oh, okay. Now I know what you're talking about. Um, of course, we are brought to you by Keeping Carlson, or as I believe they're now going to be known, the uh, the uh, Bankrupt Over Bernier podcast, I think is uh, what they were going <laughs> with. Um, we are a twice-weekly check-in between the ginormous Sunday evening shows hosted by Brian and Elon. If we don't talk about a player you want to hear more about, you can always reach out to us on Twitter at ShortShiftsKK or by joining the Keeping Carlson Patreon Discord group, a fantastic resource to get advice from the smartest fantasy hockey crowd in the world, KeepingCarlson.com slash patron. All right, Lewis, let's get into headlines. First, of course, Sid the Kid was put on the COVID-19 list by the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight, missed their game versus the Flyers. First thought, anytime Sid sits down, it's it's Malkin beast mode time, right? Yeah, we often see Malkin kind of really go off when Crosby is out. He hasn't seemed like himself this year, so I wonder if he's got it in him to you know become that multi-point-per-game beast mode that we've seen from time to time uh, when Crosby has been out. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm sort of rooting against it, I got to admit. I, I traded him away uh, to this week's opponent, NHL Stream Schemes' Dave Batten. And so I wouldn't mind if he keeps it uh, normal. And actually what we've seen so far, at least in the extremely limited SID-free sample size, is that it's been Kasperi Kapanen who has really enjoyed uh, having a moment to shine on that top power play where he's got a couple goals tonight. Uh, and we've seen a Gensel Malkin Rust line put together as well that I think is pretty appealing. That's a little more top heavy than I think we're used to seeing from the Penguins. But of course, you know, when they've got their top center out, they have to get a little more creative. Yeah, it's uh, they don't really have the same number of horses that they've had in the past to kind of overload those top two lines. Um, we still don't really know what the deal is with Crosby. And I would assume that the fact that the game was played tonight is a good sign that we won't see more 
postponements. I mean, obviously, we've seen a lot of data that suggests the NHL is not doing a very good job of handling the uh, COVID outbreaks. But it has been a few weeks now since we've seen, you know, season postponements that teams have gone on for like several days. And so I... I feel like they're being more careful. I don't know if that's backed up, and I guess that this will provide us a little bit more insight. Hopefully, Sid is okay, and he doesn't spend too much time on that list, and and hopefully this is just a precaution. But anyway, let's move on into the show. We'll get right into the injuries outries section. First off, Evgeny Kuznetsov back for Washington. I know that Brian and Elon talked about the Washington lines on Sunday, and with Kuznetsov back, he popped right onto that top line, took Lars Eller's spot from him. Lars Eller down on line three, centering TJ Oshie. It's kind of an interesting look in Washington. I kind of feel like they're doing the whole, like, uh, pairs of players on each of their top lines. On the top, you have Kuznetsov with... Um, with Ovechkin, of course. And then on the second line, you have Backstrom playing with Wilson. And then the third line, you have that Oshie-Eller pair. I kind of like all of them. So, uh, you know, Washington, I think they're going to score some goals here. Uh, I know Ovechkin is is struggling a bit by his usual lofty standards, but should be a good, uh, that, that team should still be good. Lewis, why don't you tell us about our next outchery? All right, so we also saw the return of Travis Konechny back in a Flyers uniform. Uh, starting out on line four and power play two, you know, he was ice cold before he left, uh, you know, for injury. Do we think that Konechny can make it back to last year's 76 pace? Or honestly, all right, forget the 76 pace. Can he stay on this year's 50-point pace that at least, you know, was padded by some some early season success that's really dropped off since he has been dropped down the lineup? Yeah, I think that I don't really have an issue with a 50-point pace. Um, I, I think that that's very attainable. I do think last year, you know, shooting 17%, that's obviously not going to hold this year. Although he has, you know, on this 50-point pace, he is shooting 28% on the year. The shot rates are way down. The time on ice is down. My main issue with Konechny is not that I, I I think he's some sort of worse player than the, the version he was in 2020. I think more so that the Flyers just don't need to rely on any one line. And so they're going, they're kind of a, a sneaky version of what the Canadians were getting a lot of press for doing, which is they, they have the talent to roll those three lines. So, of course, Brandon Elon talked about the Couturier-Farabee-JVR line, which continues to roll tonight. And then there's the Giroux line right after that. Konechny will, you know, move up, obviously, from the fourth line. I would assume that they're easing him back in, but definitely I was a little bit nervous by the the early trend, and I would I would predict him closer to 60 points than, you know, I don't, I don't think that he is going to get up close to that 70 or 70-plus mark that we may have expected preseason. Yeah, I think that at this point that is way beyond the reasonable expectation I'm a little more concerned about connecting than you are, I think. I think, uh, you know, topping out at maybe 55 here, depending on how things go, unless he can really regain some significant deployment. I'm worried that some of the new talent that has been on display in Philly is going to maybe prevent him from being able to move up the lineup as easily as we would have expected at the start of the year. And I'm really glad you brought up that shooting percent. That was pretty shocking to see that he was, you know, having kind of limited success already and you maybe would be hoping that he might be able to to convert a little more frequently but i think he is pretty much maxed out on that conversion rate already yeah i think though that it just is so 
shocking to see how few shots he's really putting up. Like, even if he was shooting at his regular pace and had this same amount of goals, it would be kind of like, okay, that makes sense. So I don't really know why the shots have fallen off, and hopefully that rebounds. And if that's the case, then I become a lot more, you know, it's kind of a blind faith thing. You just kind of, it doesn't make sense for Konechny to have fallen off this hard. So I would expect him to get back somewhat, not to the 70-plus point pace, but at least to a respectable, you know, 55-60. That seems very reasonable. Let's move on to our most recent injury in Nashville, Ryan Ellis, out four to six weeks Lewis, if you have Ryan Ellis on your team, are you hanging on? Are you throwing him in the IR spot? I mean, as long as it's not fall, you know, I like to hold on to him. Ryan Ellis is an interesting guy because he, you know, does a surprising amount of scoring from not the best deployment. Uh, and I think he makes, you know, he gets overlooked sometime, obviously, with with Roman Yossi out there. It's worth it to hold on to him. Hopefully, you know, maybe in four to six weeks, the the Predators will be able to figure out some of what ails them. Uh, and they'll be a little more offensively effective. I'm not holding out a ton of hope for that, but it's a possibility. But yeah, four to six weeks. I mean, we've got six weeks left of the regular season in fantasy hockey in most leagues. Uh, so you're you're really banking this at this point on hoping that maybe he can come back and provide some playoff performance for you or or maybe in those last couple of weeks before the playoffs to help you move up. So, yeah, I would stash him. I'm not I'm not cutting him loose i think other people would be happy to jump all over him in all but the shallowest leagues but you know certainly this might be leaving a hole in your roster for for quite a while here well and i think too that like when we talk about stashing him that's in a league like we play in the cupful there are four ir spots of course i'm probably going to have room for him there but i play in a fair amount of leagues too that have one or two ir spots and i don't know that i'm really like i'm not going to drop him if i don't have to but I don't think I'm probably going to hold on to him in a limited IR spot just because un- unless I'm in it, like you mentioned, a very or actually the inverse of what you mentioned, unless I'm in a very deep league where like I'm picking through the dregs of the uh, defensive pile. But yeah, I mean, four to six weeks, that's basically like you say, the end of the fantasy season. But I do want to, you know, obviously Ryan Ellis going down is a bummer. We're, we're disappointed for him and hopefully he gets better soon. But it is interesting to look at what this could mean for a player who topped the athletics NHL trade board. And that's Matthias Ekholm. Lots of trade chatter on him. This might be a great opportunity for the Preds to give him a little look on the top unit and maybe juice those numbers up a bit. He did play with the second unit after Ellis's injury. And so I think that, you know, obviously on a pace for 27 points this year, that's a big step down from him uh, after putting up 40 point paces the last few years. And he was getting, you know, very mediocre power play opportunities or worse than mediocre uh, power play opportunities. And so hopefully now he can sort of re- regain some of that. I, I kind of, I don't hate Matias Ekholm in a deep league if you're looking for somebody just to, who might have a little bit more points upside than we've seen through the first 15 games of the season. And worth pointing out too, that he made a pretty monumental return to the lineup, scoring two goals in his first game back from injury. So his marquee moment might be here uh, to sort of put on a show so that you can get uh, some some interested offers from some other teams who are hoping to solidify their blue line for the playoffs. Great point. Uh, and then finally, we'll just mention quickly, Josh Anderson again out tonight for the Habs. It looks like Tyler Toffoli's in that spot, and he just scored a goal for Montreal. So uh, a nice little spot for Tyler Toffoli up there in the top six where, I, I mean, he's earned that spot. He's been so good this year. 
you know, not much to say about Anderson. We just got to wait and see what his deployment will look like. He only got about four minutes of the new Ducharme era uh, before he went out. So I think he's very much a wait and see. You know, I was thinking of Anderson a little bit when we were having our discussion of Konechny, you know, with Konechny sort of disappearing a little bit here in this year's fantasy season. Reminds me a little bit of Josh Anderson's disappearing act last year. I wonder if Konechny might be a similar bargain at the draft table uh, if he stays off that lofty pace he had uh, the season before this one. Uh, So just something to keep an eye on. Since we saw something, you know, not exactly similar players, but similar kind of profiles in terms of having a lot of success and then falling off pretty steeply. Just a thought that entered my head as uh, we were discussing these couple players. All right, Lewis, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into hot streaks and cold streaks. You're listening to Short Shifts. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, Ben from Short Shifts here. I wanted to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle. It's a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at the Blue Wire Network. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for just 15 bucks a month. The same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for that initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you're looking to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. Welcome back to Short Shifts. Lewis, let's get into the hot streaks portion of the show. I'm going to start in San Jose, where I'm going to talk about my buddy Evander Kane. Eight points in the last four games, 20 shots in those games, which has been really nice for Kane because this is a guy who we've seen some declining shot rate totals from him over the past few years, which look to be pretty much in line with his uh, career moving into the 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 thirty year old, you know, he's well, he's twenty nine, but you know, he's getting into that age where these guys who are these power forwards start to deteriorate a little bit or slow down at least. So it's nice, you know, this year he has had a step down, a slight step down from last year, but it it looks a bit bigger from the step down the year before. He's down to three point two shots on goal per game, um, and you know, so it's good to see twenty shots over the past four games. Obviously, uh, still doing well in your PIMS categories if you're playing in PIMS leagues, but the hit rate is also down, which kind of bumps me out a little bit. This is a guy who, in a keeper league, you could basically just hold him in a banger keeper, and you're just like, all right, I'm at an advantage with shots, 
hits and pims every single game. I still think that his totals are good enough that he's still useful in those categories, but he's no longer kind of like the baby OV that that Brady Kachuk has really sort of turned into here. He is on a 78-point pace. The percentages are just a little bit high, especially on the power play where he's been getting about as lucky as he ever has. You know, five points through the season's first 20 games would be put him on pace for his first ever 20 power play point season. But fortunately, I mean, he's getting top power play time. I mean, he's it's hard to sort of see where he would lose enough of his point pace to be uh, like down where he was the past two years, where he was a 60-point player. And so I'm starting to think that, you know, maybe this is a guy who can put up 70 points over, over or a 70-point pace over this shortened season, which, you know, I mentioned losing the hits, but... God, if if Evander Kane could hit 70 points while still putting up respectable, while filling the categories respectably, I mean, you're still talking about one of the most incredible uh, fantasy assets that you could have. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we had some concerns for him with the off ice stuff that was taking place, you know, right at the start of the season. I joked around that he was going to have a, a career year for hits. Obviously, that part <laughs> hasn't come true, but it's really great to see him find his focus and really give his best for for the Sharks right now. They need every bit of offense they can have. And it's been really interesting, I think, to see the Sharks become a little more competitive. You know, obviously, still not winning a ton of games, but that seven to six slobber knocker with the St. Louis Blues uh, over the weekend was pretty fascinating. All right, next up, I want to talk about one of the really exciting players in Carolina right now, Martin Natchez. Nailed uh, it. Three Lewis, points on. I think you might be the first podcaster I've heard absolutely nail the pronunciation. Well, listen, all I know is what you told me you know to what, say, actually, so I'm just doing I, my I best. I need to apologize. <laughs> Dave Benton nailed Martin Natchez's name. Shout out Cousin Dave. There you go. That's who deserves it. All I did was just listen to what you said a few minutes ago. Three points on Monday, another assist on Tuesday on a 65-point pace for the year. Very nice for a 22-year-old playing on line two and power play two. You know, there's nothing looking super unsustainable about his underlying numbers. Uh, Certainly some of his power play assists have been of the secondary variety, which Brian has been talking about the last couple of weeks on the Sunday show being a little more random and variable. So we might see that reduced, but he's also shooting well under his career shooting percentage. Although, of course, we're dealing with a pretty small sample size of only about 130 total shots on net uh, for his career. Ben, do you like Marty Natchez as uh, more of a 50-point guy, a 60-point guy? Could he get higher potentially? Where do you see him sort of falling, at least for this season? No, in a in a, in a one-year league, for sure, I, I think that you're going to temper your expectations a bit just because this is a guy on the second line on the second power play. Carolina is very good. Don't get me wrong, but it's, it's very rare that we see a, a second line, second power play rookie or not rookie, but like a 22 year old who can uh, produce at a high level over the course of a season. So uh, I'm going to say a number that I did not expect to say before I, I did the research for tonight's show. I think he can hit 60 points and I'm, I'm really excited about that. I mean, like he looks incredible. He's on a great line with uh, Vincent Trocek. There's no reason to me when I look at those numbers, like you mentioned, they're a, a touch unsustainable, but Overall, I think that we're looking at the uh, the first year of many good years of fantasy production from Marty Natchez. 
All right, Ben, how about one more guy in Carolina for our deep league owners? Uh, Brett Pesci putting together some success here. That's right. So Brett Pesci, of course, has to be going off this week because he is my opponent in the Cupful. No, I, I mean, Brett Pesci out of nowhere. You know, this is a guy who has been putting up 25, 35 point paces through 22 games this year, 48 point pace. And over the last six games, five points. Now he did or he so far is pointless tonight, I should say. And I should say that because he's definitely going to point in the third period now that I brought it up. But on uh, in, on Monday night, Brett Pesci scored a power play goal. Somehow this man knows that he's, he's going up against me in fantasy. Everybody who's listening to this show knows what I'm talking about. When that, that player who's not supposed to go off somehow is the best player on your opponent's team. The worst tilt imaginable. Brett Pesci, though, I think I think back to what Brian said on the show on Sunday when talking about Nick Letty, where it's just like, this is somebody who's getting in on a lot of secondary assists. He's It's kind of random what his actual contribution is to these points. This is why I never get excited about depth defensemen who suddenly go on point streaks, because it's so fleeting so much of the time. So I'm not getting overexcited about Brett Pesci, but I did want to mention him because he's, I think, the second or first most added defenseman on Yahoo today, and he's available in a lot of leagues. I think if you're looking for, you know, you're desperate for points, then maybe you can get him. If you're looking for blocks, he's okay in blocks. He barely hits at all. So yeah, it's it's hard to find a reason to add him. I guess the one thing, he he shoots two shots a game for a defenseman. That's not so bad. Every once in a while, is going to score on one of those, and it's very frustrating when it happens against you. Yes, sir. All right, Lewis, we have one more topic for tonight's show, and that is, of course, we can't get out of here without talking about the reunion of the Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Leon Dreisaitl, Kyler Yamamoto line in Edmonton, the line that went ballistic in the last half of the 2020 season, point-per-game paces for the whole group. Um, And Dave Tippett has been very reluctant to go back to this unit this season. Instead, he's had Ryan Nugent Hopkins stapled to Connor McDavid the whole year, Uh, The Oilers do not play tonight, so we are somewhat projecting here when we talk about this. We're, we're, you know, we're putting on the tinfoil hats or, or at least the, uh, the psychic hats. We're doing the our Karnak impressions here, Lewis. Do you think this is a a boost for Yamamoto? Do you think, like, obviously RNH, Drysaddle, they're amazing, they're studs. Do you think that this pulls Yamamoto back into fantasy relevance? Yeah, I do like it for Yamamoto. Um, I think it is a bit of a drag for not a huge drag, but a bit of a drag for Puya Jarvi, who now is up on that top line with Neil and McDavid instead of having RNH there up with him. Yamamoto was just blowing people's minds last year working together with this line. I think it's exciting. I, I hope that they can do what they had done previously. This is definitely one to keep an eye on. If you have a manager who got impatient with Yamamoto, you should be watchlisting him at the very least. Uh, I might make a speculative ad if you've got the moves here early in the week, just because we could see uh, him really become much more productive than he's been uh, if he can find that same chemistry with the setup that he's got. I think I'm with you about the the speculative. The speculative is the operative word for me because it's somebody who we've seen the upside. It's a total boomer bust ad, right? Like maybe they can recap recapture the magic. And if not, 
I mean, you move on, right? You're grabbing them off free agency or whatever. If you've been holding on, obviously keep holding on for a bit longer because this is what you've been waiting for or hoping for. So uh, yeah, I'm optimistic. I guess my my question for you, Lewis, would be, would you rather have Puyu Yarvi playing with McDavid or would you rather have Yamamoto playing with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Dreisaitl? So it's an interesting question because it does seem like Puyu Yarvi has found kind of a new home there next to McDavid and that he might actually be the winger who sticks there for a, a reasonable amount of time and benefits from it. I'm going to go with Yamamoto here just because I like the upside because I'm so tantalized by what we saw with uh, how they were able to produce last year and because I do think it's a net negative to lose RNH on the top line and have him be replaced with James Neal. Obviously, that is something that could potentially change as soon as, you know, the evening when after you listen to this podcast. But I would say uh, Yamamoto is the one who has me more excited at this moment. I will disagree with you. I think that Puyi RV sticking with McDavid is is more exciting to me because we've already seen him be productive. I'm a little bit disappointed with what we've seen from uh, from Yamamoto this season so far. You know that meme where the clown is getting ready and it's like there's text attached to it where like the person's basically explaining how they feel and the joke is that they're, you know, turning sure. into more of a clown as the thing. I think that's everyone who talks about somebody, oh, a, a winger sticking with Connor McDavid. You know, you mentioned like it's great to see Pony <laughs> RV stay there. Sure. Will I bet money on him being there in five games? No. I mean, how could you? Fool me eight <laughs> times. <laughs> exactly. Shame on you. That's exactly how I feel. Lewis, that's all the time we have for today, my friend. For myself, I want to thank everyone for listening. Why don't you sign us out of here? All right, everybody. As always, thank you so much for checking in and downloading another episode of Short Shifts. Be sure to give us a follow at Short Shifts KK, as well as Brian and Elon at Keeping Carlson, and my opponent for the week in Cupful Tier 1, Dave Betton of Stream Scheme at NHL Stream Scheme. Visit the great sites that we research our episodes with at Yahoo, Frozen Tools, Roto World, Natural Stat Chick, and Cupful.com. Our intro and outro music was created by Pat Roach, and until we see you next time, play smart and keep your shifts short.